When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Baird in Pod, part of the 1012 Podcast Network and partners with Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Matt Workman, and as always, I'm joined by the busiest man in Houston, Joe Goodman. Matt, I'm a, I'm a very, very sleepy bear. I need to hibernate. Sleepy well, bear. I don't know if you're going to get much time to hibernate. I know. I know. It's like lot- winter is ending. I should have started long ago. I know. It was beautiful today in Waco. I have wow! I just yawned on air, on air, like we're live. Um, uh, live on air, <laughs> live on air. Um, this is a live recording. Um, <laughs> I uh, I've had way too many. Like I have to be at the office before seven a.m. days over the last couple of weeks, um, just for stuff that goes on with work and. On top of it, like rodeo season is here, which I'm very excited about, but it is already starting to take up some of my time. Like I've got, I think this past weekend was my last free weekend in a while. Cause like this weekend I've got people in town visiting and then next weekend I have rodeo work. The weekend after that I have rodeo work. The weekend after that is world championship uh, cook-off for barbecue cook-off at the rodeo. So I'll be there. And then after that, like rodeo officially starts and i will be working through rodeo so like yeah until like march is done i am busy and it's going to be crazy like every year right yeah rodeo with you yes yes i I have a blast doing it and i like i don't i'm like i'm do not think i'm complaining uh because i'm very much not complaining but um it will be exhausting. Luckily, luckily though, most of the stuff that I'm doing is like it's all it's weekend based, and I am, I am taking a day off of work to like do rodeo stuff on a Friday, so that way, like I have that weekend free. So I think that was a smart move by me. But um, but yeah, it is uh, it will there will the activity of me focusing on Baylor sports is not going to be the strongest through like one of the busiest basketball parts of the year, but we'll survive. Yes, and um, it was a little bit. We were tried to record. I mean, we tried to record Sunday, but I, me and you were like radio silent with each other Sunday. So, yeah, I think um, we both were like, "I'll wait for him to text." <laughs> yeah, I was like, I literally, I was like, "Well, Joe hasn't text. So I guess he didn't want to do it." So uh, that's fine. <laughs> I'm watching football, so it's it's fine. Yeah, I, I was just watching football, and I was like, "If Matt wants to do this, he'll text me." 
Yeah, and I was the same way. I was like, well, if Joe wants to do it, he'll, he'll text me. And so like, we were just both just like watching football, not talking to each other. Uh, and then Monday, I was like, hey, you want to cord? You're like, sure. Then, then, you know, like you oh, said. Oh, yeah, then I had to work I, last night. Yeah. yeah, he he. I got a text like, hey, I got to work emergency. I can't do it. And I was like, cool, we'll do it. But it, it worked out because there was a couple Baylor news items dropped in the in in the interim between us recording and us talking so today let's just jump right into it the uh big 12 released their 2024 football schedule <clears throat> and like all the conferences do they release a matrix which i find very hard to read just because especially the big 12 is just a bunch of black and white squares and i was like what is and there's a here. billion teams now. And in, yeah, and there's like the yeah, power four. There's 16 teams in the Big 12. And it's like, but luckily, Baylor released just, just their schedule. So we were kind of looking at it before we started recording. What were your initial thoughts of the uh, the Baylor's schedule? I mean, the first thing I noticed is it is pretty balanced. Um, the only thing that doesn't seem balanced is, um, and this is one of the things we were talking about, was now everybody in the Power Four has two off weeks this year. Um, so Baylor's is going to be week seven, and then what week 11 around there um, will be the two off weeks that Baylor has. So the only imbalance there is instead of being like 4-4-4 four, four, four for your 12 games, it's 6-3-3. Three, three. Um, so if you have a... If you have any kind of like nagging injuries that happen at the beginning of the year, you're going to, you're going to go a while before you get that first bye week. Um, but luckily, you know, at the end of the year, you get a little bit of extra rest because it's three games, you know, off week, three games, off week, three games. Um, but I did like that. It's, it's, there's no big run of home games or any big run of away games. We play um, back-to-back away games twice. Um in the final six games of the year, but one of those is offset by a buy. So you got at Iowa state, then you're off then at Texas tech. So you get a split there. Um, and then the only time they have actual back-to-back weeks where they're on the road is um, weeks 10 and 11 um, or games, 10 and 11 um, at West Virginia and at Houston and Houston's not really that hardcore of a road game. Um, excited for that one personally, because I'm just going to head up the street and go to it. But, um, but yeah, I, I think it's pretty balanced. It's, it's not the easiest schedule in the world, I think, um, depending on what your expectations are for improvement over last year. Um, you know, Colorado, first game in the Big 12 on the road. Um, we It's a non-con game, but we play Utah, even though they're in the Big 12. It'll be a non uh, a conference non-conference game, um, similar to what the ACC has done in the past when they, when they expanded. So there's precedent for that. So playing Utah will not count towards our conference record, but that's on the road. You got Colorado on the road. You go to Jack Trice in Ames. That's uh, going to be a really tough place to play. I mentioned you go to Texas Tech, um, to West Virginia, where we have never won. Um, so the only like road game that I look at that I'm like, oh, that's not a scary environment. It's Houston. Um, so it, it, I think it'll be I think it'll be quite interesting um, to see how they perform on the road this year, because I think that might be what makes or breaks this Baylor team. But we'll do further breakdown of of kind of what we think the records will be later on in the year. But what were your thoughts yeah. when you saw the schedule? Um, I Personally, I like I kind of like the flow of it, you know, with it was like I thought it was pretty balanced as far as home and away. Um, you know, you don't get a lot of like home stands 
I think maybe it's like the most you have is two in a row. And that's in the middle after you, after our first yeah, the line, only I think back to back home games are Oklahoma state and TCU, which we found out it was released by Baylor. Like Oklahoma state is a homecoming game. So that's you get at Texas tech homecoming, then the rivalry game following that before, before your second bye, Correct. Or our idle week. Um, but I mean, I, I thought that we always knew it was going to be a little bit of a rough sled just because of the opponents, you know, as far as like who we had on the road, who we have at home. Um, yeah, we knew who we were playing on the road yeah, already. We it's knew just we were what, playing where were they playing. were at in the, in the season. And so I, I kind of think it's it's manageable the way it is. It's the way the flow of it goes. Like it's not – I was just looking at the, the matrix that – the the Big Twelve receives or released. Um, would you rather have UCS bye weeks? So Which you know how we did like you know six I think three three like for six, us. Three, three. UCF is um, three seven two. Oh, that's terrible. Three seven and two. That's terrible. So yeah. They do their non-con, so which, get so a bye. I want to ask you this. So we based off of the road teams that I talked about there. Um, our 2025 schedule it's not fully out Um, and two, but we three. know I think we know like we know like the same way like who's home who's away yeah we know who's home and away and we know um, and we know 10 of our games there are two non-cons we don't know but you've yeah. got Auburn at home okay <laughs> that's the one non-con game we have the, the, the Auburn home and home starts next year Um, so you got Auburn at home then at Arizona Arizona State at home, Utah at home as a conference game this time. Then Houston at home, Kansas State at home, UCF at home, and then they're they're um they go to Cincinnati, to Oklahoma State, and to TCU. You're telling me we play Utah three years in a row? Yes. Why do they do that to us? We didn't do us. BYU didn't do it to us. I don't know, man. We didn't play BYU last year. God. But according to F- I'm on I'm on FBS schedules looking at a 2025 schedule and yeah. We've got I I kind of I prefer next year's schedule, man. Arizona oh, for sure because we have yeah. more home games because it's it flops. Yeah, well, and I like the names too. Like it just seems like a I like it feels better. Like no, you no, know. you're right. I mean, having the Arizona schools makes it a better schedule. Having I mean, the Arizona schools, getting Kansas State on there. What's um, the home games again? In twenty five, home games are uh, for twenty five. The home games that we have now are Auburn, Arizona State, Utah. U of H, Kansas State, and Central Florida. Of course, there's two. Like you said, there's at least one more home there's, game. There's at it. least one more home game in there. Um, that's a good season ticket holder. That's a home, good home. yeah. The 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 to your point, the only like drawback kind of this year's schedule, the home stand, the home games are a little mad. Yeah, you get Tarleton, Air Force, BYU. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State, TCU, and Kansas, which it's not terrible. Not terrible. I've seen worse, but it's pretty, pretty uh, bland. I don't know if that's you know, like pretty vanilla. I guess. Yeah, I mean, you get TCU at home, which is great. Oklahoma State yeah. at home, that's fun. I don't know. But last time we had TCU home, uh, wasn't that great? But then again, it hasn't been great. It hasn't been. Been, it hasn't been, it hasn't been, <laughs> it hasn't been great with TCU and McLean Stadium in a very it, since twenty fourteen, Matt. It has oh, been good. The one thing I will know, I know for certain, looking at this schedule, uh, is the loss at West Virginia. 
that's that's happening. Oh yeah, there there are three things that are for certain in life, and that is death, taxes, and Baylor losing in Morgantown. It's just never happened, so I don't. Expect I'm pretty it sure it's a it's one of uh, one of Isaac Newton's laws of physics is that Baylor can't win in Morgantown. Yeah, so I looked at the schedule. I was like, well, that's a loss. That's that's what I know for sure. Everything else for me is a question mark. That's a certainty. So, um, the best team we play, according to like metrics, is Kansas, and that's the last game of the season. So, do with that what you what you will. It's against uh, against um, Jeff Grimes himself. <laughs> oh, just no, I'm not going to get into it. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> Yeah, there's plenty I've, of well, I've, I've thoughts about, about everything happening off season as it relates to on the field, but uh, just schedule wise, I wasn't too. I wasn't. I didn't really have strong feelings either way. I thought, well, yeah, it's it's fine. The way the way it all broke down was fine for Baylor. I thought it could be worse. It, it could be better for sure, but it's you know, it's doable. It's manageable, in my um, opinion. Hey, did you see this news about Kansas? Uh no. So you know they're renovating their stadium, right? Oh, about the, the where they're playing uh home games. Yeah, the, the Kansas Jayhawks yeah. will play their home football games at Arrowhead Stadium and Children's Mercy Park in 2024. Yeah, because the, yeah they're doing some renovations. Yeah, I did see that. What is what is Children's Mercy Park? It's like a like municipal like sports stadium for someone. I don't know municipal. It's a local sports stadium. So I don't know if it's for the. Oh, it's where the um, it's where um, Sporting KC plays. It's their MLS stadium. Okay. So yeah, it's 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 a real place. It's a real thing. The real thing. It's not like yeah. uh, what's that um, it I used to love when I lived in Louisiana, driving to visit and going through like Beaumont. Ooh. But when they play, okay, so ch- let's see, Children's Mercy Park has a seating capacity of eighteen thousand. Interesting. There you go. Well, how many games are playing there? Only two, it yeah. looks like. Yeah, all four conference games will be played at at Arrowhead. Arrowhead, okay. So yeah, they they'll play some whatever whatever Lindenwood is some some school named Lindenwood and UNLV. They will play at Children's Mercy Park, and then um, they will play uh, TCU, Houston, Iowa State, and Colorado at Arrowhead. So interesting, Arrowhead. Is that technically in Kansas or Missouri? Well, it is the Kansas City metropolitan area. Um, let's see. I'm trying to figure out Arrowhead Stadium. Let's see what the address is. Um, it is in Missouri. Oh, there you go. One Arrowhead Drive. Kansas City, Missouri, 64129. Well, well, well. I mean, again, more information you can do with the, what you will with Kansas is playing in Missouri. M-I-Z-Z-O-U. So uh yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the 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 Jayhawk den. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm just kind of taking a glance at the rest of the schedules, and I've already talked about UCF. I was just kind of looking at how the other buys broke down. Um, let me see. 
Houston kind of starts off like like us. Like I think they have six by yeah, same as us. Iowa State has another one of those like weird like two, two five and ooh five five. That's not terrible. I'm just not a fan of the two than a idol. And as as a fan, that's just as an Iowa State fan, I would be like, you know, we got to only get two games, then we get a week off, and but that's just me. We, like, you and I agree, though, that if somebody got four, 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 that's ideal. Yeah. This. Yeah, no, I don't know if anyone. I don't think anyone did. Hold on, West Virginia four, four, four. West Virginia got the four, four, four. West Virginia got the four, four, four. I'm picking, think, I'm picking West Virginia to win the conference this year. And I think they may be the only one. Yeah. They're the only one that got it. The 444, West Virginia. There you go. Okay. Yeah, nothing really. I mean, it's interesting. It's going to be interesting years because different schedule, different, you know. The way the buys break down, but also like the different teams. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Although Baylor's schedule particularly, it's a lot of the people we've played. Yeah, like there's no new teams on here. We yeah. I mean, we played Colorado for a long time. <laughs> Haven't played them in a while, but you know, they're relatively familiar with Colorado. BYU, of course, Air Force, we just played them two years ago. Utah just played them last year. And then the regular suspects in the Big Twelve. So yeah, there's there's not much. Uh, it's not, not like we have an Arizona or not much you, newness for us, you know. So any of the Arizona schools on here, so yeah, not a lot of newness. It's uh, it's it's still weird getting used to not playing everybody. Um, I miss that. I really that was that was one of my favorite things about the ten team Big Twelve is that. There wasn't any of this. Well, maybe that team is good because they've had an easier schedule. I, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna miss, I'm gonna miss the the everybody plays everybody for, forever. Like I'm always gonna miss that until, unless some kind of major college football miracle occurs and we go back to having regional smaller conferences where that's possible. But man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss that. That was, that was the most unique thing about the Big Twelve both in basketball and in football was getting everybody playing everybody. It was kind of like an even slate schedule. The only differences was in football, like, Oh, maybe you've got a team on the road instead of at home. But you know, at the end of the day, you could sit down and say, yep, the team that the team that won the conference probably was the best team. Um, So I, I'm going to miss that. Um, I very, very much am. I am also going to be interested to see how, and this is across college football, um, not fully college, but with us and the Big Ten. I'm not sure if the ACC is the ACC doing away, or have they already done away with divisions? I think they did away last year with divisions. Okay, so they did what we did, and then the Big Ten's also doing away with divisions. Yeah, so Big Ten. I, I'm interested interested to see how that legitimately does play out um, because I like. I'm, I like divisions, kind of. Um, it, I think it makes it a little bit more clear yeah. in the conference championship game. So, like, yeah, is, but the only re- I think the reason if you get, is, 
is because you had a if you ACC, get like if you get back to back weeks though with like Ohio State Michigan does that water if, it down? Well, I mean the counter argument would be like the ACC just to use in particular you had a very strong division and then a very weak one, and so you kind of penciled in this division winner is going to be the champion because it kind of watered down the championship because you know whoever was in I don't I forget what their division names were. In ACC, I think there was an Atlantic. It was the Coastal, Coastal and um, Atlantic? Atlantic. Okay. So, like, the Atlantic was, like, Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, Miami, all those schools. And normally, it was either Florida State or Clemson, really. Most recently, Clemson really was the powerhouse within the, in the last, you know, decade. And so, you penciled them in against Virginia, Virginia Tech, or Boston College, whoever win that division. I think they went through a stretch where like seven years they had seven different representatives. And all of them lost. So it's like you kind of walk yeah, occasionally it down you get way. like two thousand three or two thousand four, whatever year that was, Colorado beating Texas. Or Kansas yeah. State beating Oklahoma. Back but when I mean, they had I, the old I, North South and the Big Twelve. I think then though, they were pretty they were both I think they were balanced divisions. Because the North Division you had like Nebraska and, oh, but know, that year that Colorado beat Texas, Colorado was terrible. It was just like they were the le- there was a there was a long stretch there at the end of the Big Twelve, as you remember, where like the North sucked, and it was yeah. just like Mizzou every year because and half the reason they were they were they were there every year was because they got to play the North schedule, right? And then and that was part of the reason why like Texas and Texas A and M and that that was kind of the if you remember the original grumblings of the fan bases and the schools was like. You know, we the South plays the hard stuff, and the North, you know, Mizzou gets in easy in the North playing Kansas and Iowa State. Um, whereas like Texas AM, Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State were all beating up on each other. Um, but I do, I do seriously wonder, you know, because you know, it, the argument can be made that like the Big Ten championship game has been watered down the last couple of years because it, absolutely nobody expected Iowa to compete with Michigan. Um, yeah, because their division was just it was weaker. Right. And- but what I don't understand is why you don't just kind of instead of getting rid of the divisions, trying to balance them every few years. So, you know, putting Penn State and Wisconsin. Right. I mean, I don't know what maybe they already did that. I don't know what the Big Ten divisions were, but my worry is that you're going to see a situation because Michigan and Ohio state play the last week of the year, every year they have, that is their tradition. They've always done it. They always play on rivalry week. Um, And then the next game is the big 10 championship game. So does that, if, if we get into a run here where Michigan and Ohio state continue to be the clear one and two in the big 10 does getting rid of the division, basically where, the Michigan Ohio State game became in recent, you know, recent last few years, it's become the de facto division championship game. You win that game to go to the Big Ten title game. It's almost like a playoff game at that point. Um, you know, if they end up just playing back to back and say they do that three out of four years where Ohio State Michigan is back to back, does that start to water down that rivalry? Like, do people start to care less about the game before? Especially if you get into a situation where they've both clinched, because that could absolutely happen where let's say they're both undefeated and nobody else in the conference has one loss. 
like that game, the, the first one doesn't matter anymore because they're going to turn around and play each other and they're both guaranteed to make the 12 team playoff. So like that's that's one of the things that I worry about with it, getting rid of divisions. It, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's I mean, that's a very specific like scenario. Yeah, but it's it's a plausible one. Yeah, but it's also plausible that they'd fall out of the top the 12 team playoff. Oh, Michigan and Ohio State? No. Well, not Michigan and Ohio State per se. I mean, also it all depends on the records, you know, because like you said, it's the uh, even if even if like let's say Michigan, let's say they went if into the game undefeated. This year has taught us anything. If yeah. anyone I, could I, be I left think out. in a 12 team playoff that like a two loss Ohio State's getting in every time. <laughs> yeah. Every time. Especially if the two losses are to Michigan. Well, dep- yeah, or depends. vice versa. Yeah, that those those factors have a bearing on it because, like, if you lose to, you know, Minnesota, no no disrespect to Minnesota, but let's say unranked Minnesota, whatever, and then Michigan, I don't, I mean, there, there's it's debatable at that point if they they mean they may certainly get in because if, if it's only two losses, I don't know how it's all going to shake down. That's why this the year SEC is so interesting. Honestly, has gotten so lucky, man. Like the fact that. Let's not let's not let's not lie and act like there's not a stronger and a weaker division. The, the the West historically over the last decade plus has very much been the better of the two divisions in the SEC with Alabama and LSU. Um, and then you get the random Auburn years in there. Ole Miss is you know will pop up and be good from time to time. Mississippi State has popped up to be good from time to time. But like the East having South Carolina, Mizzou, um. Tennessee and all the years that they were down, um, Kentucky. So the and Vandy's in the East. So like the the SEC clearly had the East, but they also had a Florida and a Georgia. You know, like Florida was winning national titles, and then Georgia got good and they're winning national titles. So the SEC's gotten very lucky in that there's always at least or generally speaking, has been at least one team in the East that can come in and make that championship game matter. Um, And it's not like what you just mentioned in the ACC where it's like, well, we already know who's going to win or in the big 10 when it's, you know, a Michigan, Iowa situation, or, you know, uh, think back to like 2014 when it was Ohio state, Michigan state and Ohio state just blew them out of the water and jumped Baylor and and got into the playoff. Um, so like the SEC's gotten very lucky with that, and I think that's probably why they're sticking to the divisions is because they they trust that at least someone in the East, you know, will be able to to come through and be competitive against the Alabamas and LSU's of the world um, that sit over in the West. Um, but I am very interested to see what happens long term with the SEC now with the kind of the changing of the guards. Saban is gone. Um, I think I, I don't know you as an LSU fan. And I'm sure you're starting to question whether, you know, Brian Kelly can get it done there. Um, so I'll be I'll be interested to see how the SEC forms. They've gotten very, very lucky with the marquee games at the end of the year when all the eyes are on you having two of the best teams in the country playing each other. And I think that's kind of hurt the Big Ten. It's definitely hurt the ACC. Um, and one of the cool things that the Big 12 did have going for it without divisions and having the the the, the best two teams there was that they play everybody played everybody. Like I think that was also a core difference with the Big 12 used to have. So that's where I'm curious with the 16 team playoff is do you know if you run into a situation where you have a back to back week. That's I think that's the doomsday scenario 
when you have divisions, you can schedule it to where that will never happen. Like you'll never have a cross divisional game to close out the year. So you never have a back-to-back game in your championship game. Um, but um, I, but the SEC is not sticking with divisions. The SEC isn't? No. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. They have like, you have like protected rivals and then it's just- Oh, they're doing pods or whatever, right? Well, with, they're not calling it that, but okay, e- technically, yes. Okay. So no one's going to have divisions, or at least in the power four. Interesting. This yeah, is the I mean, first year that the SEC will have it since like 1991, that they won't have a divisional competition. I like having some form of structure just to prevent the possibility of having a back-to-back. Yeah, their only structure is like you have, like, like I said, like your protected rivals. And then – yeah. Luckily, like the Big Ten, I think right now is the only one. I guess maybe the ACC, the threat would be like a Florida. No, because Flor- does Florida State play Florida in the last game of the year? Or do they play Miami in the last game of the year? Uh, they play, I want to say it's Miami. They play Florida earlier. But it's usually yeah, Miami, because Florida, Florida would be playing a, yeah, no, yeah, it wouldn't be a non con game. So, yeah, like the ACC has that threat in, like, say, Florida State and Miami were both good. And then you could have them rematching it, you know, in back to back weeks. Like, that's that's just as a fan what I don't want to see. I don't want to see a matchup two weeks in a row. Yeah. And that's that's uh, that could be a threat for any of the power four. Right. I think it's most predictable for the Big Ten, though. I think the Big Ten is the one that's in the most trouble of that. Because well, you have a, you have a, clear one and two or correct you know, top two i should say the only the only threat there's penn state and maybe wisconsin in, in a in a random I given th- year i think probably sec of a in the past you had a clear i would say you probably had a clear two at least recently you know you could pretty much say georgia's coming out of the east and it's probably gonna be alabama out of the west now every now and then yeah. you have lsu pop up or someone else from the west but generally it's been alabama Correct. Without fail. And then recently, Georgia's come on as, you know, Alabama-esque in the East. Yeah. Florida had their run in the East for a while. Yeah. And then they completely fell apart and nobody yeah. no, nobody's heard from them since. And then and then Kirby was the one that finally got Georgia over the hump. So. And I, I don't know how the new teams to the SEC are going to comport themselves. Um, Man, just, just think about how, how much complaining there was when – we got the Alabama LSU rematch in what 2013 or 2012? 2011. Uh, I mentioned LSU fans, so I remember that. 2011. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like when we got the game of the century rematch, right? Ugh. And absolutely. And that game. had that had a month plus of separation. Imagine that two weeks yeah. in a row. And then imagine a situation. We've, we've had it the recently. would never do this, but now imagine a situation where the seeding seeding is such that it's three weeks in a row. Have haven't we had that recently somewhere where like a team played and they played like this exact scenario? They played the last game of the season, and then a week later they played in the championship game. I can't remember who it is though. It was, it was probably it was always a threat. You know, there's always a threat like Oklahoma, Oklahoma State when they played that that week. Whenever they were like both at the top of their game, it would you know, but Oklahoma State never beat Oklahoma, so or when it in in those scenarios where well, they could they could play next week if this scenario played out, it never really worked out. I don't think in the Big Twelve, 
as far as like yeah and there was a, there was definitely a long period there back to back and we didn't even have a championship game definitely so. had like rematches but never had like a back-to-back rematch so yeah it's going to be interesting this upcoming season is going to be very interesting because it's everything we mentioned it's the first one where no one has divisions 12 team playoff new teams across the country so it's going to be definitely interesting to watch how it all plays out in this inaugural year of this new college football landscape for the first time in history matt you can be just minutes away from the pacific ocean while playing in the atlantic coast conference yeah you can also uh be in the mountain time zone and have a game in the morgantown or my favorite, when you and I were looking at the schedules, realizing that um, on FBS schedules right now, they have all of the updated, you know, records, ba- conference records on the year. So like Baylor, it shows them as zero and zero in the Big 12 for 2024. Um, Oregon State and Washington State both say the Pac-12 still. Yeah, that's, that's weird because I'm pretty sure that conference doesn't exist. Yeah, or by the rules know. of the, I, of the I NCAA, no I don't think I, have they, a, I need to go read up on that to figure out what the hell they're doing. I know they've got like the scheduling two. agreement with the Mountain West, but they're not in the Mountain West. Like, I mean, that's that's only going to last. That can't. That's that's a very temporary fix. I mean, right. The thing that makes the most sense for them would be like to be absorbed into the Mountain West, or Wait, do they have a TV deal? No, the Mountain West does. But who is broadcasting the game between Washington State and Oregon State? No, no. There's no TV deal because there's no conference. Right, but they play each other. So whose TV deal is that a part of? Like, is it on? Is it has that just to, not going to be on TV? It has to be a Mountain West TV deal. It has to be. That's part of the agreement. It has to be. Maybe, maybe ESPN just bought that one game. Well, I mean, I think ESPN is the Mountain West TV deal. Oh, I think I mean, they are, yeah. The Mountain West, like, they have a deal with ESPN. So maybe it's going to be ESPN Plus. <laughs> Who knows? This is so weird. I know. What, I mean, did, we do? what did we do to this sport? <laughs> what have we done? What have we done, Matt? A sport that started with a, with some kids saying, I think I think the the... The people that go to my school are better than the kids that go to my friend's school at football. Let's let's go find out and play each other so, down the road. That's turned I'm, into this. I'm reading the report from uh, Ross Dellinger when this when this all this TV deal broke down. So, basically, Mountain West home games against those two schools, Washington State, Oregon State, will be televised on the Mountain West TV partners. <laughs> Which is Fox and CBS Sports Network. Okay. The it's only for football, of course. Um, the Pac-12, as as Dellinger puts it, when ten of the twelve schools announced earlier they were leaving for other conferences, um, left Oregon State and Washington State. They remain in Pac-12 as a two-team conference for at least the next year, using a two-year NCAA grace period. So it is the Pac-12. It's a two-team conference with no TV deal. 
So who's broadcasting their home so game? I would I would assume those individual schools have like a one year like they have to have their own like side deal. I would because there's no like media package for these two schools. That I've right. seen. So like how does this work? Like, okay, like I understand, like, okay, you're going on the road to a mountain west school, that makes sense. So yeah, you're, you're they're being broadcast on their TV deal. If you, but if you host a Mountain West school, or you, or they, when they play each other, wh- where do you watch that on TV? And how are they going to make any money? Why didn't they? I don't understand why they didn't just go join the Mountain West. Because I mean, presumably you could have gone back to their existing TV partners and renegotiated it with the inclusion of these two schools. Now it wouldn't have been. I guess. Super, I guess if you're Oregon State and Washington State, the reason why you don't go join the Mountain West is because you don't want to get locked into a grant of rights, and you want to hold out and see, like, if maybe see what happens over the next maybe. couple of years, somebody somebody bigger gives you an invite. Yeah, but you're. I mean, I th- really your only option would be like Big Twelve, right? Because I don't think Big Ten's not going to go for Washington State or Oregon State, or they would have. SEC's not. Yeah, there's, ACC's yeah. not. So, I mean, really, your only option is. That the Big Twelve expands and wants to keep on expanding west, which they don't. Sixteen. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I guess the only other eighteen team is the Big Big Ten, or is ACC eighteen? Because they were already at fifteen, right? And they added three schools. (laughs) I have no idea anymore. Yeah. So I think they're close. They're like seven. I'm having more fun talking about this. Uh, the men's, but just just real quick, I'm going to throw out there. The men's basketball team is terrible. They've lost three games in a row to Kansas State, Texas, and TCU. Ooh, terrible is kind of that's a harsh language. Three game, you, you lose three games in a row. You they've, get terrible. They they've lost some close games at buzzer beaters for sure. So they have a problem. I don't care. A loss games. is a loss. I don't care how you lose. They they have, they need to work on closing out games. They should have never gone to three overtimes at TCU. They were up ten with like under five minutes left, and then they lost. And so then they that's lost. Bad. Yeah, that's bad. It's not, not so, it's not good. Yeah. When if they if they beat UCF and Iowa State, then I will um I will be happy again and be more than happy to talk about them. But I just wanted to throw that out there that we are aware of the basketball team. Yeah, we're aware that we have a basketball team. Uh, and like Joe said, hasn't been great recently or positive. Um, women's basketball has been more positive. They, uh, you know, they they've had some a little bit of ups and downs, but they they've they've bounced back and had some good games, um, especially at home. They seem to play really well as they should at home. Um, I got to go to the Foster a second time. This season to see uh, the UCF game, it was great to have Coach Messer back in Waco. It was they had a, they gave her a big um, ovation. She was very appreciative from what I saw. Um, so that was a cool. And they they just they had another victory. So was it Sunday? They played. They beat Oklahoma State. So doing they good. Did beat Oklahoma State after after a nail biter against Kansas State. Yes. So, um, so yeah, the women, you know, they keep on um, having a successful year. Excited about where that'll all end up with in the conference and going into the tournament at the and end they of the have season. Texas, Texas coming up. 
the last time. Man. Which which they already beat Texas. Yep, at in Austin. In Austin, so um, this and this is the last game against Texas. This is a big one. Yeah. There is something else in women's basketball that I think we should talk about, though. Yes, I want to talk about this. So go ahead. All right. Announced one day ago for, I will say, about time. Um, One of the best athletes that has ever set foot in Waco on Baylor's campus won a national title, was one of the first people um, to go 40 and 0 in a basketball season mm-hmm. um, and win that national title should have won multiple national titles, but they had to play a and M but three or four times that year. It was stupid. Yeah. Um, Brittany Griner. Amazing, amazing PG. basketball player. Um, I had multiple classes with her. I thought she was an awesome person as well. Um, in my interactions with her, she was always lovely and hilarious and fun. Um, her number 42 that she wore at Baylor will be retired by the university. Um, this is a huge deal. It's a huge deal, man. Yes. And it's, I agree. I tweeted it out. I said about time. That was, uh, should have been done long before now. Um, yeah. Two final fours, a 40 no national championship. She's won two Olympic gold medals. She's got a WNBA championship. She was the number one pick in the WNBA draft. She was what the number one recruit in the country when she came. Mm-hmm. She's from my hometown in Houston. She's the NCAA career leader in block shots with 748. She scored 3,283 points, had 1,305 rebounds. Um, and she like Caitlin Clark just passed her for number four all time on the NCAA women's career scoring list. She's top five scorer of all time. And she just got passed by the current Steph Curry of women's basketball and Caitlin Clark. Oh, you mean like the best basketball player in college basketball? Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, just an absolute um star player. She's gonna be the seventh person to have her jersey number retired. And it's what's really mind-boggling is that she two people that she played with have already had their jersey numbers retired. Odyssey Sims and Melissa Jones um, have already had theirs retired. It's it's I think it's been a black mark, um, mm-hmm. in my opinion, on Baylor Sports that that she hasn't been honored and kind of welcomed back. Um, and I think that's a lot of uh, due to internal politics with probably some former former coaching that was here. And now that there's a new regime, there's been the yeah. desire and the ability to repair that. Relationship. I think, I think a lot of this has to do with Nikki Collin, and uh-huh. without Nikki Collin, and I'm not saying it would have never happened, or if it would if they would have hired another coach after Mulkey, they would have done this. But I think this particular instance, you have to put a lot of the emphasis on what Nikki Collin did to push for this to happen. So. And, and, you know, this isn't the first thing that Collin's done. So, I mean, I think, I think most people that listen to us are full, would be fully aware of. um, She's our best friend. I mean, um, (laughs) I think that's, that's clear. Exactly. She liked your tweet. Um, She's obviously best friend, Nikki Collins, our best friend. So I think most people are aware of what, what Brittany Griner went through. Um, 
like in her almost year of detainment while she mm-hmm. was in Russia. It was like 11 yeah. months that she I was mean, detained. Yeah, I mean, everyone, um, that was national news, or yeah, I would say definitely was, national, inter- international, world, news. international yeah. world news. Yes, absolutely. And when she played in her first WNBA game after all of that happened, she in when she went to, um, or when she played her first game in Dallas after that happened, you, did you know that Colin and the entire Baylor women's team went up to Dallas and watched her play? Yeah. Like yeah. so, this is this has been this has been a long time coming, and I think I think Nikki Collin has done a lot of work to repair the relationship that um, the previous regime had had very much broken. And mm-hmm. I applaud Nikki Collin for that of welcoming back in somebody that is a true Baylor Bear, and I and I I do commend Brittany as well of of being willing to repair that relationship because it, it would be very easy to say like, no, I was treated like crap. And there are absolutely people within the fan base that treated her like crap too. And still and, do. I mean, that's not. And still do. Yep. Still do. And I mean, our friend, uh, Matt Wilson, hey, he tweeted hey. out, he uh, had made a mistake and went on the Facebook comments for this announcement. And uh, there's still people that say horrible things. So it's, so, uh, yeah. I, I, I commend BG. And I I am so excited um, that that's happening. What game is that happening on? It is a February eighteenth against Texas against Tech. Texas Tech. And there's going to be. I did see this today. There's going to be like a, a the day before they're going to do like a, a public like interview or some type of like talk with Brittany herself. I'm sure it's moderated, but I, there's not a lot of information. It's it was public. You could go on and get like re- register for tickets, I guess. Um, so man, I'm disappointed. I would love to drive up and go to that game, but I'm going to be working uh, for the radio that day. Yeah, and I think we also should mention Macarels and all this too. I mean, oh for sure for for uh, you know, he was he wasn't here when Brittany was here. Um. But he's been here enough to kind of know the landscape of of Baylor, especially when it re- regards to the basketball women's basketball team and all the ins and outs that were going with the former regime, like you were talking about, and you know, to make this happen. Yeah, um, or or being willing to support it happening. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, it's a. It, I think it's a big deal. I think I think everybody should be happy about this, and it's it's very cool that um, that they're that they're doing that. And I hope I hope that means that we're going to see BG around around more. Yeah, well, I mean, Macro will is, always be the person that I remember just yeah. just longboarding around campus, seeing the seeing this just giant Amazon of a woman who is a better athlete than I could have ever dreamt of being, just chilling out and just longboarding around. Fifth Street. So, <laughs> yeah. So I was just looking at Macarel's quote. He basically ended it. I mean, just he did. It was pretty. You know, there's no doubt she's one of the most decorated student athletes in Baylor athletics history. We're thrilled the timing worked out for us all to celebrate and honor her. She always has been, always will be, a significant member of the Baylor family. And that leads me to ask you this question. I saw this on in the Discord. I think it was, uh, or maybe on Twitter. I saw Sheehan Jaraja, friend of the show, 
tweet out his like Baylor athletics Mount Rushmore. Of course, Brittany's on there, and I believe his was RG three, Brittany, Michael Johnson, and Mike Singletary. Yeah, I mean that's and it. that's it. I mean, I think that's yeah, the correct. That's it, yeah, I don't. I don't even know when if you when you started bringing that up. That was literally the four that popped immediately into my head. And I think that's the answer. I mean, he's absolutely correct. I don't know. I don't think he really even argued for. Yeah, there was else. nobody on the men's national title team that was really like had that um, like Not, cultic air around them or anything. Like they were, they were such a group of guys. It was yeah, they, they were a great team. It, like I loved there, like I loved Mark Vidal individually. I loved Jared Butler individually. I loved Macy Oteague. I loved Davion Mitchell. Like yeah. there were so many dudes on that team that I loved, but none of them had that um, had that like extra extra. You know, they are a singular specialty that BG or RG three or Michael Johnson, and then you know Singletary for a long time. You know, because you and I were both Baylor fans in the dark days. And for a yeah. long time, it was like Michael Johnson and Mike Singletary were like the only things that we could point to. I mean, it's, it, yeah, and it's it's those accolades. You talk about like as an individual athlete, like you could RG three, of course. You know, he's, he's, he's the reason we have McLean Stadium. He won Heisman Trophy. There's the reason there's a trophy. And, like, there's a reason there's a statue of him in front of it. Yeah, I mean, Brittany Griner was the first overall pick in the 2013 WNBA draft. You know, Mike Singletary, I mean, Super Bowl champion, one of the best middle linebackers in the history of the NFL, Hall of Famer. And then Michael Johnson was the one of the best track athletes in the world, gold medalist, Olympian. So, I mean, you have those. I mean, the only one you could really even argue, in my opinion, maybe Jeremy Warner, but you wouldn't take him over Michael Johnson. Oh God, he, no! Jeremy Warren's not even close to Michael Johnson. Michael but Johnson, but he, 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 without there, Michael there might be Johnson, people too young to that. remember. But he was what Michael Phelps has been to the Olympics the last couple of years. That's what he was in '96. Yeah, like I remember Michael like Johnson as an eight-year-old. Like he dominated those Olympics. His gold shoes. They they were they were as famous as you could get that summer. Yeah. Um, and plus, that was the American Olympics. That was when it was in Atlanta. So, like, you have the fastest man in the world is an American, and it's in America. He's and he's a Baylor Bear. Like, you know, like there, yeah. yeah, Michael Johnson, one hundred percent. The only one that I think could be arguable is if you were a younger fan. I would, I, and and I don't personally agree with this. I wouldn't say this, but I would accept it from maybe a newer fan of Baylor that maybe you put like a Jalen Petrie above a Mike Singletary, just because what he did as a Baylor bear is maybe more impressive than what Michael Singletary did as a Baylor bear. Uh, As an athlete, as a whole, 100% Mike Singletary is on that Mount Rushmore for me. Like I'm not questioning that. It's just, if somebody said, Oh, my top four is Michael Johnson, Brittany Griner, RG three and Jalen Petrie. I would be like, Oh, okay. I would put, I would put Singletary there, but I would accept their assessment. I mean, and it's only because of what Jalen Petrie meant to the program. I mean, Mike Singletary was a two-time All-American. No, no, he was. I, I think, and I think he's a better and, football player than Jalen Petrie was. But Mike Singletary wasn't. It, Mike Singletary didn't transcend something for our fan base in the way that Jalen Petrie did. Is all I'm saying. No, I mean, 
I would almost you could almost argue it because those teams weren't really that good. And I believe right, but Jalen Petrie was. There's a reason he's called the one who stayed. Like that. that well, no, there's a there is some outside like off yeah. the field issues Correct. that were going on that led absolutely. There's there's a transcendence for yeah. who Jalen Petrie is, and, yeah. and that's all I mean. He meant a lot to Baylor. Just his presence. Yeah, but yeah, the Mount the correct answer for the Mount Rushmore is BG RG three. Um, Michael Johnson and Singletary. That's a hundred percent. That's um, yeah. So. All right, Matt, you know who the, give me your Mount Rushmore of hoodies that you can buy from Charlie hustle. Oh, well, there's only definitely Baylor. The answer is you buy the CLT four times. Listen, there's some hoodies I like that aren't aren't necessarily Baylor hoodies. There's some they have some great uh options to choose from. I hate so, that they have the Texas AM script one. Oh, it's so good though. It's so good. I was looking I at it today. I, and I was like, God, oh, this is such a good good looking hoodie. You're right though. Uh, but it's not just hoodies though. They have I I was looking, I was perusing the website today and that the bomber jackets, the Baylor bomber jackets are just so pretty. They're just, yeah, they're good. I just, they have such good options, such, whether it's t-shirts or hoodies or jackets or long sleeve t-shirts. They got the, the, the script Raglan. Yeah. Like the baseball tee. That's great. So, yes. And my favorite, you know what my favorite thing about Charlie Hustle is? Because I've got some of their stuff. Their stuff fits fat people. <laughs> There are there are some great college stuff out there that does not fit fat people great. And yeah, some some stuff is like more of a slim fit. fitting. Slim yeah. fit, yeah. Uh, Charlie Hustle. Fit. Charlie Hustle is a natural fit and it feels great. And the the, the fabric is amazing. The fit is awesome. Um I love my stiff arm tee that I've got. I wear it all the time. Um so yeah, that's one thing. If you are if you are like me and are on the uh, the the husky or as my mother called it when I was growing up, the big boned side, um, as as Matt and I both are, uh, Charlie Hustle is a solid solid way to go. And Matt, if you're telling people, how can you save some money well, with Charlie? That's Hustle? what I was gonna I was gonna say. Like, if you're listening to us and you're like, "What is this Charlie Hustle y'all are talking about?" Well, let me tell you, Charlie Hustle is a vintage inspired clothing company based out of Kansas City. That specializes in collegiate and hometown apparel. Charlie Hustle wants you to be the best dressed fan this season, so be sure to check out their wide selection that we've talked about of officially licensed collegiate apparel and show off your school spirit all season long. And like Joe was talking about, if you use promo code 10-12-15, you'll get an extra 15% off all non-sale items. That's ten one two one five. Or fifteen percent off those non-sale items, so just shop today at charliehustle.com and uh, take advantage of the uh, savings. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Excellent. Matt, my Super Bowl matchup is incorrect, uh, but yeah. my champion is still alive. And I'm going to tell you something right now. I picked San Francisco, Baltimore. You picked Detroit, Miami. You're completely out. Um, you shouldn't be. You should. You, you picked the. You picked the Lions to win it all. I thought you were going to be right there for a little while this weekend, um, as the Lions yeah. gave up a, a 21 point lead. Something that um, the Packers did not do against the Cowboys, um, but I have a I have a hot take that I want to talk to you about the Super Bowl real quick. Okay. It's... So before I do that, is there is there anything that you want to talk about from the games that happened? Because we've got San Francisco versus Kansas City, Kansas City knocking off Baltimore, or San Francisco knocking off Detroit. Um... The games. The only thing I really took away from the games is, or listen, the AFC Championship game is like teams like that. It seems like they turn on a switch, like, and are just, or I would say at least some of the players who have have that playoff experience, Super Bowl experience, they were just at another level. Like Travis Kelsey was playing a different level. There's something to be said for sure about having like the Astros, for example, like. When the Astros this year, like they weren't great during the regular season, um, but I mean they were one game away from being back in the back in the uh, in the World Series. You know they and they played tough in the playoffs, and it was a great yeah. run. And like they're a team that you just don't want to face because they've been there before. They're not phased by it. And it's the same thing with the Chiefs right now, right? I the think, Chiefs, they're just always there. They're not phased by well, the big lights. They have like, I think they have two players who. Right now, probably the best of their position in the NFL, and that whenever one of those positions is the quarterback, you're kind of really never out of the game. Whenever you have the best quarterback in the NFL, and then now that the defense that they have, and that yeah, and their defense has played lights out, very at a very high level all year, and honestly kept kept them in game so they could win games because their offense hasn't been what we'd normally seen over the previous years. But the defense kind of, you know, kept them in game so they could because they just needed to score. Like even this game, they only needed to score seventeen to win. So, and then with the NFC Championship game, I I really like. I watched the first half and it was. I was convinced like lines are going to Super Bowl, and I stopped watching the game. And then I had I went, a feeling <laughs> I went to the store every time in the first half when they went to, sh- they showed Shanahan on TV. He was, yeah. he, he did not care. Like he didn't look upset. He didn't look concerned. He didn't look confused. Like he, he had this look of like, okay, yeah, this is how the game's going so far. Like whether we play four quarters for a reason, what about, what of it? Like, I don't care that we're down. Like nobody on that San Francisco sideline ever had like any look of panic to them. So I was yeah. like, when I kept seeing that, I was like, "This." If I'm a Lions fan, I'm a little bit worried. Like you've got you've got this game under control, but I feel like I feel like San Francisco isn't feeling under the pressure right now. I th- yeah, the only thing I would say, like going into half, 
I was like, man, I really, they probably really should have got a touchdown there instead of a kick that field goal. Yeah. To make it 24 to seven, I think is what it was. Um, yeah. And like I said, I, I went to the store, I took my daughter to the store. I checked my phone while I was at the store and I was like, it's 24 to 24. What? <laughs> but, and then when I came back, I mean, it was, by the time I got back home, it was like three minutes in the fourth quarter and uh, they were down. So, and I was like, oh, this is not, they're not going to be able to do this. But anyway. <laughs> All right. So you ready for my hot take? Yes. What's their hot take? So I picked the 49ers to win the Super Bowl. Okay. And um, I absolutely hope under no circumstance am I right. I am full bore rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs to repeat. And I'm going to tell you why, Matt. There Please. are two. I'm very interested are, in this. There are two key reasons why I am a Pat Mahomes super fan until the Super Bowl ends. Reason number one. We have dealt with Texas Tech fans for years now and um, Pat Mahomes. They can't get any worse, right? They, there's, they can't talk about him any more than they already do. They can't claim him any more than they already do. Mm-hmm. And if he wins another Super Bowl, it almost makes it easier for us to make the, yeah, you won what with him while he was there? Um, you know, but I do, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I can physically exist, like if my being can continue to exist on this plane. I know where you're going. I agree. If I have to deal with Texas Tech having Pat Mahomes and Iowa State fans having Brock Purdy as a Super Bowl champion, I don't know if like my spirit, if my soul would continue to exist if that happens. So I apologize. Iowa State fans, I know sometimes you guys pop in here and listen to this. I love you guys. You guys are hilarious. You're fun. You're amazing. I'm sorry that I have to say this. I'm not a Brock Purdy hater. I don't think Brock Purdy deserves a lot of the hate that he gets, a lot of the second guessing that he gets. I think he's playing some pretty damn good football. Um, And I'm not going to fault the guy for being on a team with a lot of talents and players around him. He's doing exactly what his coach wants him to do. He's putting the ball where it needs to be. And he's playing really, really good football. He's being a good NFL quarterback. And I don't think there's any question of that. I just yeah. don't want to hear it from y'all. Yeah. So I don't want that to happen. So that's reason number one. No Brock Purdy with a ring. All right. Reason number two, Matt, is when Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift first started dating, I was in the pool of, yeah, you know, it is kind of weird that they show her as much as they do. Like in the first two weeks when it was happening, I was like. Yeah, it is weird that I'm seeing articles written about that she eats ranch dressing with her chicken fingers. Like that they keep Se- showing seeming her. seemingly ranch. We don't know for sure. Right, exactly. Who knows? Maybe it was blue <laughs> cheese. Um, but like I was in the camp of like, I'm not bothered by this. But yeah, I was like, yeah, it is weird that they're hyper focused on Taylor Swift with the NFL. Okay. Like I can understand that that's 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 strange, especially if you're not a Taylor Swift fan. But as time has worn on, and I've seen people get increasingly angry and aggressive about it. I love it even more now. Like, I'm like, oh, no, I need more Taylor Swift in my life at football games just because I love how 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 much it bothers these weird people out there that are so bothered by it that the greatest thing in the world to me, and this is a prop bet. You can bet on this right now, Matt. Um, that's why it came up into my head is if the Kansas City Chiefs win a Super Bowl and at 
midfield, Travis Kelsey gets down on a knee and proposes to Taylor Swift. Like just the implode, like brain implosion, the like group meltdown of the fragile white males that exist out there no. that hate Taylor Swift being on being a part of football that, broadcast. But that's that's two pronged. Yes, you would have the like as Taylor Swift put it, like the Brad Chads and dads who are just would absolutely freak out because the meltdown. That. But <laughs> secondarily, the Swifties would absolutely it'd be euphoric release of emotion it would break the internet like, would, like that, that is a term that like is stupid like nothing ever like that would break the it's internet. the only thing that would like heal the union i think oh my god <laughs> seeing 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 taylor swift celebrating with even if he didn't propose but i think it's hilarious that it's a prop bet that you can bet on in the super bowl is whether or not Travis just Kelsey this past game, game i don't know you're not that's probably tied in into like uh travis kelsey taylor swift tiktok as i am but uh uh, I, yeah, I'm tied, not tight in at all. So yes, yeah, that, that's this, correct. If you're at tight in one iota, you oh, yeah. are more tight in than me. So this past the AFC Championship game when she went on the field and celebrated with them, that has like been like nonstop on like Taylor Swift fans. Like that is their like only thing they want to talk about. It's the greatest thing ever. It's like that broke almost broke the internet on Sunday night. I can imagine if it's like a Super Bowl champion, what would happen? Yeah. So I am, I am, I am full bore football Swifty boy now. And I uh, am, so I've, I've been full bore. I've been on, you're on like trend. a real Swifty. I'm, I'm, what I I, I'm calling myself a football Swifty. I don't listen yeah. to Taylor Swift's music. That's not because I don't like it. I'm not, or that I think it's bad. It's just, I, I, I just never really have. Should really listen to like folklore and evermore. That was really too. I, really I, I got, I got stuff I listen to already. I don't need to. Uh, maybe someday it'll come across. I'll get the desire to. I just don't right now. And that's okay. She it's just for speaks to my soul. And, um, um <laughs> you know, you know what? I will say like, um, uh, I can't even think of it. There's like three or four songs that I know of her that I'm like, I, I like, I quite like these songs. Um, but no, like I am full bore Taylor Swift football fan Swifty. That's that's who Joe yeah. Goodman is. Joe Goodman is a fan of football fan Taylor Swift. If, and well, I hope I hope she gets to celebrate a Super Bowl victory. So go Chiefs. In all go seriousness, Chiefs. when this all started, like you talked about, you're like, yeah, it's kind of weird. And at first I was like, oh, you know, this is this is kind of cool. You know, she's getting new fans interested in football. It's yeah, for sure. And, and, and it's core. Fans. It's no different than like it's no different than yeah. like when the Vikings would show Prince or yeah. if Eminem's at a Lions game no, or it's absolutely not different. Yeah, or the only thing Jack that I thought Nelson was weird like, was like the times where it where, like like I said like when there was like the discussion about the dip that she's got or that yeah. like well that, NBC that, I think right. one night had like Taylor Swift cam and I was like the okay first, guys, I think this is a little over the top. The first game was like oh my god Taylor Swift is at an NFL game. Let's show her. And that was fun. That was cool. <laughs> it's like, because no one knew she was going to be there. She's popped up. Like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Is but, she being snuck out of the stadium in a popcorn yeah, cart? Yeah. I read, I read that one. <laughs> but as far as what I like about it, and this is personal probably to me and other girl dads or dads with daughters, like my daughters, quite, as much as I've tried, they never wanted to watch football. They weren't interested in it. They wanted to do other stuff. I will say this has brought them to like we watch like Chiefs games together, which for oh me, dude you're gonna have so much fun watching the Super Bowl this year. That's it's a gonna win. Be, they're gonna be rooting for they're gonna be rooting so hard, aren't they? 
Yeah, and they, we we watched the AFC Championship game together. We've watched they've they've you know as this has progressed all season, they've kind of like locked in the Chiefs games. Like, did the Chiefs win? How did you know? So like, for on that reason, on a personal note, I'm all for it. More Taylor Swift. That's what I say. Imagine if she dated Tony Romo. There's a, there's a little bit of an age gap there. I mean, that's. I know. I'm I'm trying to make the Jessica Simpson joke. You know. Oh, um. oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that the guy kind of goes to your point. Where like, this has always been something that's been a thing, right? They showed Jessica Simpson whenever she did date Tony Romo, and oh yeah, they he, showed Jessica Simpson all the time when she was dating and Tony people Romo. didn't freak out about it. It didn't ruin football. Nope. So is it just that the social media thing? Like people can like just get on there and espouse their. No, I think it's because people have a a lot of it is that people have a political agenda against Taylor Swift. Which who who to my knowledge, this this election cycle, she all she's done is register people to vote. She hasn't made it. That's yeah, that's the funny part is she's literally just been like, Hey guys, you should vote. That's all like she just encouraged people to vote. Well, currently, I don't know, like not to get too political. I don't even actually no, this isn't political at all. This is just stupid conspiracy theorists, but I, I spend a significant amount of time on Reddit and so I follow some of the subreddits that are like um, that will like police some of like the QAnon stuff or like the crazy conspiracy theories out there because I find them absolutely batshit crazy hilarious. Right. Um, some of the stuff that these people come up with and the current train of thought for the people that are way off the deep end, Matt, I want you to strap in and get ready for this. Okay. okay. Um Again, this is not a political take. This is just me reading out stupid people. All right. Um, so the current belief is that the CIA, FBI, or some shadow secret government organization that exists out there has paid Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey to date each other. All right. So that way they can expand um, their own notoriety and fame. Uh, Taylor Swift on the end of being apparently a crazy communist leftist socialist and Travis Kelsey being a vaccine pusher. So it's important for both of them to be as famous as possible. Then they uh, the NFL is then rigging the games so that the Chiefs can win the Super Bowl. So that way, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey get the maximum amount of um, of notoriety and then Post the Super Bowl, we'll go on a national tour supporting the vaccines and Joe Biden for 2024, swinging the election in his favor. This is all a giant conspiracy. They are not dating each other. They are being paid to do this. And it's all part of either the CIA, the FBI or a shadow government organization that's trying to um, ruin the world. So that is that is the current um, off the deep end theory that quite literally does exist out there, Matt. So these people just ignore like the reason and and facts. Yes, the NFL is completely scripted. So yeah, I've I've heard the like <laughs> in passing the like Taylor Swift is a psyop, CIA psyop. That oh yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, Taylor <laughs> Swift is a psyop. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and the thing about the like like Travis Kelsey like he does vaccine commercials because they paid him twenty million dollars. Yeah. I don't know what his personal views. I mean, he's vaccinated. He said he's vaccinated, but it's it's just so ridiculous. And the CIA paid the billionaire, most famous person in the world, 
Yeah, she's years. worth $1.1 billion. She needed some... <laughs> she needs some extra dough from the CIA or whatever the other shadow government. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, do not In the middle of to, a worldwide logic tour. Of it. Just enjoy that there are crazy... There are people out there that are crazier than you and I. And the NFL is so bold. They rigged Super Bowl for the... Let me check in my notes. Defending Super Bowl champion <laughs> and two-time Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. I think, to be honest with you, Matt, the biggest plot hole in this is that they would have her date a tight end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the funniest part about this to me is that they were like, what position should we get the, get her to tight end? We're going to get her to date the tight end. Yeah. Of all of them. But also, it's like, we're going to pick the Kansas City team. A player on the Kansas City team. Granted, I know they're the Super Bowl champions, but... Like you said, there's the tight ends are not what normally the glamorous position, or really the one who gets a lot. They don't of even them, say like, his name in his State Farm commercial because he's now Maato. Yeah, because Patrick Mahomes is the star. Yeah, <laughs> it's Mahomes and Maato now. Travis Maato. But yeah, it's it's a little bit wild out there. Anyway, Matt. I it's was telling you that you could you there there you could go. This all started um, with you talked about prop bets about Taylor Swift getting proposed to. Yeah, getting proposed <laughs> to. There are other ways that if you wanted to play daily fantasy around the Super Bowl, I got a way for you to do that, Matt. And to save a little money doing it, let me tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks. Once again, talking about our awesome 1012 sponsors, prize picks, the best legal way to play daily fantasy on player props in great states like the state of Texas. Yeah, so legal in California, Florida, Georgia, and many more. Hop on, check it out, see if it's legal where you are. Um, but it's simple daily fantasy. Um, prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. All you have to do is select two to five players and over under on a projected stat line, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's fast. It's easy. And entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. They offer tons of different sports like, um, you know, the big game. I won't use the, uh, the trademark here. Um, the big last game of the NFL season, um, college basketballs in full swing, NBA's in full swing, soccer's in full swing. Anime is going on. Um, you can check out any of those on prize picks. You can use promo code BEAR12, that's B E A R 1 2, and get an instant 100% deposit match of up to $100. That's right, promo code BEAR12, and you can instantly get a full $100 match on your first deposit with prize picks. Check them out. They're available online in the App Store or on Google Play. Go see what they've got for uh, the big game at the end of the year in the NFL and see if there's anything that you might want to uh, make picks on for yourself, Matt. All right. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to say the trademark. Yeah. And incur the wrath of uh, the superb owl. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So make those uh, do it. See what people can do. You know, daily fantasy. I'm working on on Super Bowl Sunday. I'm not. I will be off, or I should be off two hours before kickoff, but I will be working that Sunday. Yeah. And I'm sad. So let me ask you this. This is a lot of uh, a big hot topic to uh, debate on social media. So Taylor Swift has a concert Saturday before Super Bowl in Tokyo. Okay. Granted, there, you know, there is a 
substantial the time you know they're ahead of us or ahead of <clears throat> i guess it'll be in las vegas so i don't know the exact time difference 13 or 14 hours could she feasibly make it to the super bowl really okay let's see <clears throat> so taylor swift she has her own private jet she owns her own but she, she could she could, for intent, all intents and purposes, like rent out the fastest possible thing that you can buy commercially. She's going to have a Learjet regardless, I think. Right. Uh, Taylor Swift, Tokyo concert time. Okay. So, what the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl is what, the eighth? No, the 11th. Or the 11th. Sorry. Um, okay. So, the Super Bowl is the. Oh, Google, why are you freaking out? Um, okay, so yeah, she plays 4 to 11 p.m. on the 10th in the Tokyo Dome. So that's, let's see, current time in Tokyo is 1.13 p.m. We It's 10.13 p.m. at night right now, so that puts them, what, uh, to... And then what? Thirteen hours. So, yeah, it's like thirteen. That's hours. fifteen. They're fifteen hours ahead of us. Us, uh, Central Time. Yeah, they're fifteen hours ahead of us. Is Las Vegas Mountain or West? I think they're West. <clears throat> Las Vegas, yeah, eight thirty, so eight fourteen. So they are. They are. That seventeen. They're thirteen hours ahead of Vegas. Thirteen hours ahead of Vegas. So she ends at eleven p.m. Let's say she gets <laughs> out of there by. 2 a.m. You know, or let's say 1 a.m. If she can get out of that, like she can shut her concert down, get to her plane and take off within two hours. Yeah. That means she's taking off at 1 a.m. Her time, which would then be. um, 1 p.m. in Vegas on Saturday. So, yeah, she could she could make that because let's see flight time. So she'd still she'd get back what like it'd be Saturday night. Yeah, she would get local back. time. It's a twelve hour flight, so she left at one a.m. She would, she would, she would land at one a.m. Super Bowl Sunday morning if she left at one a.m. in Tokyo. And also, you gotta think like with a private jet, like she's gonna be like sleeping. Right. Yeah. yeah she's yeah. not like, and it's not a commercial. Well, and she would be able to get back with enough time to get some sleep. Yeah, she can absolutely be back uh, for the Super Bowl in time. It would, it, it would be a stressful. It, I, no, it wouldn't. What are we talking about? It's a private, I'm no, thinking it's about a, this as if it was us doing this. No, she's no. every. She's a billionaire. She, I mean, she she'll have a to, she'll <laughs> have a helicopter, like a luxury helicopter, take her from the venue to yeah, her jet, <laughs> escort her by her security to her private airfield where her jet yeah. is to fly somebody else will be packing all of her stuff <laughs> yes while the concert's going on her bags will be packed so yeah. that she just leaves and goes correct to yeah she will 100 be able to let's oh there's hold on there is actually i i i googled flight time between tokyo and las vegas and the and google the first thing that pops up is how taylor swift could make it to the super bowl in las vegas after her eras to her performance in tokyo <laughs> There, literally, if you Google flight time between Tokyo and Vegas, it just brings up a bunch of news stories about Taylor Swift flying to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but why are they showing her on TV? Proof she, <laughs> proof she can make it. <laughs> I mean, so yeah. 
So that's what I'd be. Uh, oh, Flight Aware says that she could do the flight in ten hours. That's what I'm saying. She's probably got a super fast private jet. Yeah, that's true. She's not flying. Like it's on it's like it's like she's not also not flying like commercial. It's like when she's ready to go, they will leave. They will take off. Yeah, she can pull that off. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. So there are it's there are three stories before you even get to like a trip article <laughs> about flying about from Tokyo. Flying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just it's a cool phenomenon. Just the whole like the whole thing about it. So the hardest part for her, honestly, will be getting to the Super Bowl. Like, well, yeah, getting to Vegas will be easy and all, yeah. that, and all that stuff. But I did read uh, I was reading an article today. They said, like, landing in Vegas may be a problem. Yeah. Landing a plane in Vegas. So, you know, that's where they're saying, like, that may be like a hiccup for this. The, the but again, flying. she's got a private plane. Like, I'm sure she's got a company that will like, you know, how much does it cost to clear a runway for her for this? Also, time? So she what if she has to like land a little bit outside of Vegas and then. Have her string of black SUVs drive her. No, she'd be on a helicopter, bro. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> she's not. She's not driving two hours. She's gonna yeah. have to take a helicopter to Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. So normally, this is a section we talk about what we're watching, reading, video games, whatever we're doing outside of sports. You've been busy. Have you been able to do anything? I haven't really watched, watched anything TV at all um, besides, you know, the NFL playoffs. But I did I did have like a I had a desire to like watch just like a good movie this past weekend at night. So I watched I watched The French Connection. Um, it's an old you know, oh, Gene Hackman nice. movie. Um, and after that, I found out that my wife had never seen Predator. So we watched Predator. Like the original? Like, yeah. The Arnold, Arnold, Arnold. Carl, Carl Weathers one. So I started the new like True Detective season. Have you seen How True Detective? It? I only watched season one because I heard the okay. others weren't good. Uh, season three is good, in my opinion. I like season three. Season two, a little rough. But this one's good so far. It's three episodes. So Are any of the seasons as good as season one was? No, but that's like... In my opinion, that may be like singularly one of the best seasons of television like ever. So yeah, the first the first season of True Detective was so good. The season three is a good, good se- season. As Mahersha Ali, Stephen Dorff, I mean, just really top notch acting. Um, season two was what like Colin Farrell. It was just all over the place. It, it was Colin Farrell, Taylor Kitsch. Um, Rachel McAdams, Vince Vaughn. Have, um, Vince Vaughn was in it. Vince Vaughn, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, and then the actress from what's her name, Kelly O'Reilly, who's in um, Yellowstone, was in it as the Vince Vaughn's wife. Yeah, as Vince Vaughn's okay. wife. So I mean, it it was loaded with like good actors. It was just it was just all over the place. So it was it, it was just weird. Um. But again, season three kind of went back to more of like season one kind of format. 
Um, and this season just been really, I mean, it's just like Jodie Foster. I mean, it's just like, you know, again, you're talking, like, oh, you have like a top notch acting for this kind of like, and it's set like in, it's called like True Detective Night Country. So it's set in Alaska, like Alaska? when it's like oh. always, always dark. It's that time of year when it's like, like 30 days of night kind of deal. Yeah. It's like, there's, yeah. So it's kind of, it's weird because it's always dark. And so, you don't know. Underrated movie, Thirty Days of Night. By the way, you don't know when. Like these are things, these conversations, these scenes you're seeing. Is this daytime? Is this? I mean, it's just a weird, like, interesting dynamic to the whole True Detective, you know, format. So, but it has been good. Though. I do have enjoyed it. So, I would definitely recommend it. If if you definitely if you like season one, check it out. Yeah, I loved season one. That was great yeah. TV. Because they they um. They get back to more of like season one type stuff, so it's it's pretty good. Excellent. But that's I yeah, still haven't watched it. Reacher. I haven't finished Reacher's solid, man. Definitely, definitely worth a watch. Uh Reacher was really good. I still haven't watched Jack Ryan. That's what I need to watch. I haven't finished Jack Ryan yet either. There is tomorrow it comes out. There is a new Netflix special on Alexander the Great that I'm gonna watch. Ah, oh, cool. Did I watch anything on that? Oh, I watched I watched Dumb Money on Netflix last this right. weekend. So that's the story of the whole like um GameStop situation oh, the, happened the, back the, in the like, Wall Street Bets. Was that like 2019, 2020? Yeah, the Wall Street Bets thing. So it's it basically like that story. Twenty twenty one, yeah. So basically it was it's that story and it's uh, it's pretty interesting. As a you know, I kind of knew because I had a buddy who I worked with, like he was an in on that. Like he was like doing, doing all that, like following this guy's recommendations and buying GameStop stock. And he made a decent amount of money doing that before he cashed out. Yeah. That taught a lot of people what the word capital gains tax means. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's a pretty good flick. I enjoyed it. I've watched a lot of Netflix too, but it has been uh, overwhelmingly Coco Melon Lane, um, mm. Bebe Finn, and uh, I don't know, whatever else Teddy's into at that moment. Been watching a lot of uh, a thing on YouTube called Danny Go. Um, and I'm, I, you can probably tell in my voice as my sanity is slowly slipping, <laughs> slipping away as I, as I consume more and more toddler content. Yeah. I, mean, it, I would say like it gets better. For sure. Yeah, that's the other thing is like right now, like the reason why it's hard for me to watch TV is like I can't like the Baylor Texas basketball game. I, I watched that with the sound off sparingly on my phone as I was like watching my son because my wife was at work on Saturday. And like, um, you know, like I'm not complaining about watching my son. It's just that like I can't throw a game on TV and watch it or I can't just throw something randomly on TV and watch it in the middle of the day because he's like, nah, no, nah, yeah. we don't we, we don't watch you stuff. We watch Teddy stuff. So yeah. uh, my window to watch content uh, or, or watch any media stuff is generally um, s- Friday or Saturday night from 8 to 11 p.m. is, is my window. Yeah, I, I get that. So like having, having teenagers, they kind of do their own thing. So I have they and they don't really like watch like TV. Like they, they watch like you, like they watch on their phones or on a device and they watch Netflix or Hulu. Like my youngest daughter, she has a, 
she's hyper fixated on like the Holocaust. And so like she devours like Holocaust content, which is weird, but uh, she has an interest in it. And I was having a conversation with her and she's like, is that weird? I was like, well, as long as you're not fixated with Nazis, I think you're, you're good. Yeah. Like <laughs> as long as you're not <laughs> in it for the wrong reasons. She's just uh, super interested in it. Making sure that that history isn't lost, I guess, is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, we were in the the bookstore the other day. She's like, I'm looking for a Holocaust book. And I was like, what are we doing? What's going on? <laughs> Teenagers are weird, man. One time, this is a funny story. I was like checking on her. They're going to bed. And she's like, I'm getting my library book just for some, some light reading before I go to sleep. I was like, oh, what are you reading? Oh, it's <laughs> How I Survived the Holocaust. Okay, some light reading before bed. I thought you were gonna tell me like night was the book or something. <laughs> no. She's a a character, so but yeah. So it's it as they get older, they find their own things they're interested in. So you do get more time to be like, I'm gonna watch this show. Y'all go do whatever y'all are doing. I have one daughter that just reads books, another one. Who's uh, either watching a crime procedural, like The Rookie, on Hulu, or reading about the Holocaust. So, yeah. That's where I'm at with my kids. <laughs> Excellent. On that note, Matt, on that note, where can the people find you in the podcast? I'm going to leave you thinking about horrible things uh, that happened in our history. Uh, you can find me at Matt underscore Workman on Twitter. Find the podcast at The Bear Den Pod. Also on Twitter or X, I guess is what they call it now. So, And at TheBearDenPod.com. BearDenPod.com. Great website. Uh, you can find me on Twitter as well at The underscore Joe underscore Goodman. You can also find me on RDailyBears.com and on the RDailyBears Discord. Matt's on there as well. So come check us out. Yeah. Chat with us on there. A lot of different channels on there, so it's not just sports. You can find uh, conversations going on about a lot of different topics. Yep. Video games, and whatever. Also, do not forget uh, to join the 1012 Discord that is part of the Wide Right Natty Light Network Discord. Um, go check I would wait till after the Super Bowl, or maybe not, because... Yeah, go in there and make fun of them if, they, if, if Brock ahead. Purdy does... If Brock Purdy does Brock Purdy things in the Super Bowl... Um, just go to wide right now right now and just start just saying like calling him a game manager yeah that'll go over great they'll, they'll love you for it yeah I love it over there <laughs> alright Matt until next All time until right. next time Joe sick and bears sick and bears sports social podcast network with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.